Good morning, church. Good morning. It is so glad to be with you one more time, and I won't be before you too long. Pastor, thank you. As you are my mentor, my friend, uh, my counselor at times, amen. Amen. Uh, I want to also thank my wife. Uh, tomorrow is our 12-year anniversary. Amen. Amen. Thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. And thank all of you for coming today. Have you ever been desperate for God? Eddie, if you have my big idea, I'll just get into the worship so we don't keep uh, the people long. I summarize uh, the chapter that we'll be reading today, Mark 1, uh, 5, 1 through 10, and verse 15. But the big idea is the demons in hell know if they give you one last opportunity to truly worship God, your testimony alone will facilitate a relationship with Christ that would propel you into the destiny God intended for you to have in order to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. I come by today, just want to, for a moment, talk about desperate worship. And I'm going to have to, I'm going to pray one more time because when Pastor introduced the doctor, I, I got more nervous because I'm not in any seminary class at the moment, so I got a little bit more nervous up here. This week has been an interesting week for me because... Uh, it was spring break, and my wife and my son were off, and we tried to get away for a little bit and tried to do some studying by the pool, Pastor, and uh, you know how that works. And I uh, also did a wedding on yesterday, and you had to prepare for that. And, and so I'm in a place that I haven't been before in a while of not feeling like I did everything that I can do, so... Uh, I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity. I come totally leaning on you this morning, Lord God, for direction. That the preparation that has been done, Lord God, that you would say what you would want to say, Lord God, move me completely out of the way. If it isn't you talking, Lord God, then there should be silence. Because it's about you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need your energy, your clarity, your words. We thank you today for all those that will be blessed by what the Lord has to say. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Being desperate. Been in them desperate places myself. And a lot of you have heard the story and some of you have not, but I won't go into the full details of the story. But in 2008, I remember laying down on my bathroom floor. 
crying out to God because I was in a desperate place. And I remember laying down on my floor and my family was in their bed sleeping. And it wasn't like I was unsaved. I had been in church for a lot of years. But what I found out is that I never gave my total self to the Lord. See, there were some keys and some doors in my heart that was still locked up. And I wouldn't let the Lord in those doors. That mean I wasn't saved. Mean I didn't come and worship. It just meant I didn't give him all of me. And so when I was on the floor that night, when a lot of things was being taken away from me, was the first time I experienced bankruptcy. First time I experienced foreclosure. Things were gone in my life and at that moment in time, all I knew to do was to cry out to God. And I began to cry out in such a way that said, God, I surrender. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of this pridefulness that I have. See, what, what I ended up doing is I, I never would take off my crown to worship God. I, I, I wanted to help God while he was doing like, like he really needed my assistance. But that's what I wanted to do. I, I wouldn't unlock pride because I thought I could do it on my own. And then I became a product of bad decision making in my life. And it was one bad decision after another bad decision. I was two years, four years at this time into our marriage. Making bad decisions upon bad decisions that led to more bad decisions. And I found myself in a place, in a fetal position on the floor, not being able to move. But all I could say is, Lord, I need you right now. And from this day forward, I'm opening up all the doors that I haven't let you in before because it's time for a house cleaning. And from that day forward, the process truly began of being desperately in love with the Lord. Let me tell you what desperate worship will make you do. It'll break chains offer you when you get desperate it'll begin to propel you into your destiny when you get desperate for God it will begin to do things that you never knew if you just lay down your crown to the master where we're coming from today is Mark 5 where we'll find a man that the world had given up on. So I want to read this text to you. Mark 5, starting with verse 1. And I'm going to read to 10, and then I'm going to skip down to 15. 
Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with the stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of this man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. 15. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and, and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. <laughs> Let me give you a little back text on, uh, on where we're going before we, we, we work our way through the scriptures. And over in Mark 3, you will remember with me that Jesus was surrounded by a whole bunch of people that were coming to him to be healed, to hear his word. And it became so many that they pushed him back with a boat into the water so that he could begin to teach and preach to the congregation. He also, at that time, just started appointing his apostles. <laughs> he began to name them off and said, you guys come with me, you twelve. Come with me and you begin to preach and you will begin to cast out unclean spirits. And then on that night, he told the disciples, we're going to push out and go to the east side of the sea. And in verse 4, in Mark 4, you will remember with me that there was a great storm. There was a storm and Jesus was down in the, in, the, in the bottom of the boat just chilling and sleeping and having a good time. And then the Bible says there was waves coming across the bow of the boat. And the disciples began to get nervous about this storm that was taking place. And they came and they approached Jesus. They said, Jesus, you got to get up, man. This storm is bad. We're going to die. And Jesus gets up in Jesus' way when you know you have authority. <laughs> Peace be still. <laughs> and it just calmed the waters. And the, remember the disciples was new. They were amazed that he could even talk to nature. And nature had to obey him. <laughs> awesome. 
But then we get into our story. And we talk about this man. And it says, then they came to the other side of the sea in the country of the Gadarenes. I want to start by just telling you. Jesus will leave the crowd to come see about you. It's interesting when you begin to think about this, that he had just left a huge crowd and he must have seen something that wasn't in the crowd that was across the, other, uh, across the sea on the other side. What I know now and what I understand, there's a, there's a scripture in Matthew that talks about him leaving the, 90, the, the 99 going out to search for the one that was lost. And he was more happy, he was happier about the one that was lost than he was the 99 that had packed in to hear him. Jesus comes for those that are desperate for his worship. And I believe right now we can see a man that was desperate for his worship. Desperate for his worship. When we get to the country of the Gadarenes, Gadarenes, I believe, means rewarded at the end. Gadarenes, rewarded at the end. There's going to be some times that you're going to go through some things. But I'm here to tell you today, there's a reward if you don't abort the process. See, I still had to go through foreclosure. I still had to understand what bankruptcy are. But somebody told me one day, if you begin to go through, you can get to the one that can save your needs and be with you all the way through this process. You cannot abort the process to get to your reward at the end. And so we got to get through the process. The addict still has to get through the process. He might have to go on some methadone. He might go through, if he's an alcoholic, some DTs, some shakes. You still have to go through the process to get to the end. But if you can make it through the process, we have a Savior that will come over the storm, through storms, to get to you. And that's an awesome word. Because he will go through anything he needs to, to get to us. But here's something interesting in this. It says, and when he come out of the boat, immediately there him there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling amongst the tombs and no one could bind him. He had like supernatural strength. <laughs> Somebody said uh, he had like 2,000 demons inside of him. All these demons inside of him. And I believe that he saw Jesus from afar, but I don't know if the man even knew that it was Jesus. It seems like when you read the story, 
the demons recognized it was Jesus. The man didn't even know, but whatever was left of the man, <laughs> he heard from the devil <laughs> who the one who was the Prince of Peace was coming across the water. So I believe that man <laughs> put on his Air Jordans <laughs> and he began to run down to where Jesus was going to be and he met him and he threw himself down to worship him. See, we remember that Jesus was a high priest. So he couldn't go in the tombs because where the tombs were is where very poor people, they lived in the tombs and they died in the tombs. So a high priest, based on Levitical law, 20, I think chapter 21, it'll talk about the high priest couldn't go where dead bodies were because it'll make him ceremonially ceremonially unclean. But they never said the dead couldn't come see about him to be made alive again. So the man came to worship God. His one last desperate move to worship him. Now there had to be something kind of special about this guy. He had 2,000 or more Said his name was Legion. A Roman army is about 6,000. They had 2,000 swine on the side grazing. And when, deep, when, when Jesus casted them out, they all went into the swine. I don't know if three went into each one to make 6,000, but I know it was a lot of them demons inside of him. But he began to push through. It's just like what we have to do. See, we got to begin to open our heart up for Jesus totally. We got to give it all to him and stop trying to be the captain of our own ships. But we got to give it to the God of the most, the most high God. And I learned while I was doing this, doing this, uh, just uh, researching and everything. They said there was one thing that God can't do. And I, and I, I was perplexed because I'm taught that God can do everything. But God can't worship himself because there's no one higher than our God. He is the most high God. So he allows us to worship him. He doesn't worship himself. So he, we want and need to be the worshipers, the true worshipers that worship Christ. And we have to do it. And I believe we don't have to do it because we're desperate. I think that's when our heart begins to change. When we truly become desperate for Christ. When we get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Has anybody ever been in that place? Yeah, it's about 10 of us <laughs> that's been in that place. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we get to a place in our life where this is where the buck stops now. This man, for him, the buck had to stop. He wanted to get out of his predicament. The Bible says that he was running around yelling and screaming in the tombs. Some of the synoptic gospels say that he was running around naked because it was just him out there. 
just crazy. And he decided that he needed something more than just this terrible existence. And the Bible said he cut himself with stone. And some people might say in that verse, stone can be attributed to um, tablets. And tablets is what the law was written on. And some of us look at the law and we look at our past and we compare ourselves to the law. And the law shows us how unworthy we are. And all the things that we do, we bring up our past and we can, I'm not worthy, so I'm going to continue to do and be all that I've been because I can't get there. But when we begin to understand the law can only point you to the one, the law doesn't save you. The law points you to the one that can save you. And it took grace coming across the water <laughs> in the form of Jesus Christ. And he came on across the water to see about this lonely man with all these demons that wanted to worship. The law can't save us, guys. See, it's, it's not rules-based. It's confession-based. And when we learn how to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. That's all you have to do is confess, but we get in rules and we get in bondage. And we forget about the Savior coming to see about us. The Bible says he worshiped. How could he worship? And what was going on that they had all these 2,000 demons in this guy? Now, my understanding is, and I could be wrong, and I'll ask Pastor and the doctor afterwards, but my understanding that demons can't worship God. They can give him homage, but they can't worship God. So then who was doing the worship? It had to be the man. So what was going on that these demons didn't want this man to worship? <laughs> they wanted to hold him back. And it's just interesting to me that 2,000 demons, when you're desperate, can't even hold you back. <laughs> it's a good news when, when they got all of them and he still can get to Jesus. And Jesus won't leave him nor forsake him. And so when we talk about worship, you have to think about what was going on with these demons. They, they knew who Jesus was. I believe they told the man who Jesus was. And that's how he knew to go worship him. But the, the demons was like, what you going to do with us? Because they know Jesus holds the key to their existence. And so they were afraid when he came because no man knows the hour nor the day. Not even the angels nor the sun. 
but only the father. So them demons was terrified, y'all. They were terrified because they didn't know whether they was going into the abyss and be locked away or not. So they saw them pigs over there. They said, can you get me to them pigs, man? I, 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 we, we'll go on to the pigs. We'll leave Legion and, and be gone. And the Lord sent them over. Gave them permission. He didn't just send them over. He gave them permission to go over to the pigs that we know were drowned in the water. Man, if we only can get desperate for God, our worship would be different. If we only think that from 9.30 to 11 o'clock is worship, and every other day of the week is I do myself. We got issues. And that's where I was. I would come in here and yell and pray. and I think I was worshiping. But I would go home with locked doors. But if I, as I've made this conversion, and I pray with my family every morning, I enter into his gates. And we have to begin to understand that the work really begins on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we come here for the celebration, for the work that needs to be done. And that's what we have to begin to understand, that the work is not here. The work is when we leave here. Who are we talking to? Who are we pulling aside to tell them about this Christ? Verse 15 said, <laughs> Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. Worship team, you can start coming. Clothed in his right mind. Isn't that the end game for us? To be clothed in our right mind. I believe we got to be desperate worshipers to get where this man got to. The Bible says that Legion wanted to go with Jesus on the boat with the rest of the disciples. And Jesus said, no, I need you to go tell them what I've done for you. Can you imagine his testimony? A man that had been locked down for years. Nobody came to see about him. Kept him in bondage, kept him in chains. But he knew that the Savior was in his midst, and he did everything possible to get to him. So I'm here to tell you guys today, 
Anytime you can get to Jesus, get to him. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait another day. Anytime that you can get to him, get to him. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care if you're going home and doing things. He died for us. He paid the price 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. He shed his blood so that we could be free. So we could be free. Who's not free today? Who is desperate for his worship today? Who needs him today? Who is ready to open up their heart to him today? Not tomorrow. Not next week. But today. Are you ready to give your life to God? Desperate worship. Desperate worship. If you're going home and you're doing you when you leave here, what was the purpose of being here? That's what we have to really begin to think about. That's been the assessment in my own life. When I leave church, ministry starts. Are you willing to start your ministry? Are you willing to give him everything? Or do we just sit back and we come back again and again and again? But during the week, we don't see about anybody. Aren't you glad Jesus came to see about you? I'm a wretch undone. And he just sent me by today just to tell somebody, and I don't know who you are, that he'll come across the water for you. He will do 99% of the work. And he's asking us for that 1%. Come to him today. Give him your life today. Don't wait. Don't wait. We go home and live these defeated lives. And Christ is right here with all power in his hand. And we take it for granted every day. The freedom that we have. On that night, I cried on my bathroom floor. The world began to open up to me. Because I saw what he did in my family. I saw what he did. And when we begin to understand that you can't shut him down and only use him when you need him, when you need a healing. That's why Jesus is not worried about the crowd. He'll teach and preach and heal. But he's concerned about that one. The one that's on his 
last bit of hope. He'll come get you. And he'll bless you.